Hi, I'm Wendy, and I sometimes like to reread things. <laughs> yeah, I'm Brandon, and I like to reread things, and sometimes I enjoy it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, we like to hang out and talk about books. In this case, it's just stuff that we're rereading and figuring out if we still like it and why we may have liked it in the first case. Yep, and sometimes we make sense, and sometimes we don't. In this episode, we discuss Becky Chambers' The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Please be aware we do discuss all aspects of the plot, and if you haven't read it, you really should read it first. I guess we'll start as we often do, which is I'm going to ask you, when did you last read this book? I think the last time I read this was when the third book in the series came out. And so this, is, this has been an interesting read for me. This is the first time I've ever read a physical copy of this book. Because I've got the whole series in audio. And so, up until now, it's always been the audiobook. And I do love the audiobooks. The narrator is great. But, I mean, I was able to put more of my focus into the, the book as I read it as a physical book. So, it's been a few years since the third book came out. I haven't read the fourth book yet. But it was one of those things where I liked it so much that every time a new book would come out, I'd read the whole series, right? So, how about you? Uh, well, I had to look it up, but uh, four years ago, and I'm not, it was just, yeah, read the physical copy, I've never heard the audiobook, uh, and I think I have not read the third or the fourth book, but it's not because I didn't like it, it really is one of those, like, treat kind of things, but I need to, now I just kind of want to plow through and, and, and read more of them. But I did look at my old review, and my feelings remain the same, so it was really nice returning to it. Pretty much like from about the first page, just one of those, like, like I think this is going to be a really good reread. Yeah, um, I love these books. I'm a big Becky Chambers fan, so I was looking forward to reading this again. And I am going to continue on. I already started the second book, you know, and just go right through them and, and get to read that fourth book finally. There are so many things that I do like about this book. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say up front, I, I don't really have any complaints. Like, you, we've, go, we've gone back and read some books where, you know, the book is fine, but I don't care that I'm rereading it again. This book I really enjoy. I didn't remember much of it, mm -hmm. uh, which I guess is unsurprising, right? It's four years. I've read a bunch of things in between there. Uh, but So it was one of those where I had just this really good feeling. I was like, just remember, uh, you know, loving the characters and thinking that the like the world building was really nicely done and that there were cool parts. And then the only other thing I remembered were um, the like bugged you know, that they ate bugs, but that I didn't have that like ew you know kind of feeling. And that was those were really all the details, and except that I remembered crying a lot at the end. And as I was kind of reading more. I was like, Yes, now I remember. And so I kind of enjoyed, I guess, maybe bracing for that a little bit. Uh, I, I guess I appreciated that emotionally kind of go, going through. But yeah, I don't have any any big complaints about the book at all. I think sometimes the, the hopping between points of view, like just for a moment, got potentially like slightly confusing but most of the time not a big deal I was happy to be that close to so many of the characters and I think it was a really cool way to make us care about everyone so I I really liked that I think the only time that it tripped me up was really towards the end where there's that 
big switch. And I kind of have a feeling that I rushed through it the first time I read. And because I hated like that one alien character, it's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. And then it's like, it, it punishes you because you're like, wait, what the heck? And then, you know, it was, you know, of course the attack, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, and then I thought, well, wait a second, what happened? Did I miss something big? And I don't even know that I really did, but it, I just kind of went back and forth, but I don't think that's a fault in the in the writing, I would never say, oh, don't read this because this one scene was confusing and you might have to read it over again. No. I like so many different things about this book, but I didn't remember a ton of the details about how like the plot portion of things ended. I I can remember the first time I read this and, you know, the, the Tarimi get introduced and the, the whole, we got to go, you know, do the punch. It's going to take a year to get there. We got to punch. And I, I for sure thought, oh, okay, so this is this is going to be about the war and crazy shit is going to happen. And crazy shit does happen, but it, it doesn't linger on that, right? So it it gets terrible at that end of the journey, but they get away from that very quickly. And things get worse for them on a personal level. And you go through all this great character stuff. I've got a note in here that... I wasn't sure, because I, I can remember thinking at some point that, oh, okay, so this book is not really, like, focused on plot heavily. I can, I know there was a time when that happened. I can't remember exactly when it was. But this time I'm reading it through, and I noticed, okay, we're over halfway through the book, and we're just going to Sizzik's home planet to hang out for a while. And I love it. It's all great stuff, because Chambers just, she writes these alien cultures that are detailed and have their own things going on, and not just humans in a different clothing. Yeah, yeah. What she can do is a—it's just amazing. Uh, and you're right. Like, just those—they're alien cultures. They're detailed and rich. I totally believe them all. I love how she puts that in there, so that you get to see them, but you also get to see people who are trying really hard to get along with one another and that's another way to show you know like cultural and you know just differences and like how much just physical form you know changes things and I yeah I was just like one of those things where it's like oh will I ever be able to write that well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe not but you know it's something to shoot for but just so cool and you know if you said like if I'd have to sit down and try to describe you know you know, it's like, it's, it's vibes. Like, it's just, it's just really cool character work. And I never, I never got impatient oh, with it. Oh, no. No, I, I just wanted to keep reading it. And it's, it, the thing about the culture work that she does is some of it is just really small, like super small details. One of the first things I took a note on, Kizzy's singing the Socks Match My Hat song, where... It, it just feels so real for her to be making up these lyrics and have no idea what the song is about. And then you get moments that are from the point of view of an alien looking at a human not understanding the culture. Like when Sizzix doesn't catch on to Rosemary's change of clothes and shower and everything she has done to, to before she goes to see her. Yeah, and trying to work through that... It- yeah, it just was so cool, and it, it always, it, I think it showed us like things about culture. It showed us things about like different aliens, and then always, you know, character, and then characters 
in relationship to one another on that ship. And it's just doing all of that lifting at once and being really engaging. I never got like the the awkward, okay, you, you know, set an info dump, right? And it's not even like a really well done. I'm trying to think of like, like Neil Stevenson will do info dumps, which I often really enjoy. Sure. Right? I'm not like an expert in it, but like I like footnotes, you know, so like those can be fun, but this didn't have that feeling at all. And maybe it was because you could have like that cystic sort of thinking, wait a second, okay, like let me go through these things. Uh, and it felt natural because, of course, you might go, well, okay, wait a second. What does this signify? What's the change here? And Like when they get attacked on their ship, the uh, Acarax, I think, the, the pirates mm-hmm. come in. And Ashby makes a gesture that he doesn't even realize is a thing. And it, it gets him knocked out and breaks his jaw or whatever it does. Fantastic. Yeah, and that was great because we... You know, and it unfolds, and it's this super tense, right, scene. Worried about all of these characters. You know, he goes down, and then there's that time for Rosemary, you know, that she gets to shine. But And I thought that was so great for her. But we learn what happened sort of with Ashby when Rosemary's like, well, here's the thing. And then it was, (laughs) what was it? It was like, I'd rather get shit in my eye than talk to you longer, which was just amazing. And I liked how basically everyone's kind of like, well, yeah, that is really super rude. And I'd probably, you know, punch somebody out for that too. But yeah, I thought that that was cool. And just those pirates were kind of cool. You just, so much tension, you're worried about them. And it just, you know, the way that she would play with tension in that scene was so great. It's the, well, you know, they, I'm banking on this cultural detail that I kind of remember. And it's the, what they, they won't take more than, than what's fair. And it's all going so well. You're like, oh, Rosemary saves the day. And then they find, uh, Ohan, the, the navigator. And then, you know, of course, Everything changes, and I, you know, one of those where, as a reader, oh, this is so great, you know, page, page, page. As a, you know, somebody who likes to write, like, oh, you know, just well done in terms of just like scene by scene, super cool. And the cyanat, that is such a neat setup. Like we're talking about the cultures a lot, but even just the description of the the bodies of the aliens and the way that that influences how they communicate and uh, in turn their culture. But at, like I was looking through my notes and like every time a new alien race comes up, there's like, oh, the description of this is so cool. And the details are so great. I've got that in here for the Cyanot and for uh, Sizzix and for Dr. Chef. Yeah. Oh, I love Dr. Chef so much. I mean, I loved all the characters, but... I guess just give me a cook. I mean, he's a cook doctor. <laughs> it was just so perfect, but and just being so enthusiastic, right, over those herbs. But you know, just it felt like no wasted details, and I liked how they kept going. It was just little simple things like, oh, this chair doesn't doesn't quite fit, and just. And that would be a consistent thing, right? That you would that you would think about, and then you know, snuck in there is the oh, well, you know, that's Ohan's again, you know, they don't ever really, you know, eat with us, and then you know, of course, at the very end, you get that, and, like, 
And I mean, it probably would have been cool anyway, but just the fact that it was you know, just one piece and there, it, they might have picked it up like a couple different times, but it was, you know, it was enough to just like that extra kind of like a little emotional punch was so, it was so awesome. So I'm just going to gush over this book because I love it. Sure. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're not really trying to be critics. It's just sort of a, you know, like, this is the kind of thing that I I love in a reread. And, you know, and I can like, you know, great writing and everything, but there's, there's, well, I don't want to, it's not that it's better, but there's just something great about being with characters that, that you really love. And I think that this was one of those. That was one of those things when I found out that book two isn't about the Wayfarer. I got a little nervous because I do like all these characters so much, but book two is also great. I don't, I don't want to go into that too much or really at all. It's not what we're here to talk about, but it's completely different, but it's also just about the characters in the situation that they're in, which is wonderful. Yeah. This feels, this universe feels kind of like it's of a piece with like Murderbot and kind of like the original Alien even though the, tonally these are all completely different things, but these are like universes where space is just something that you live in. And doing this amazing building wormholes thing is just the job and you just gotta get through it. I love that kind of stuff. And the way, oh, we gotta be on the ship for like a year together. We gotta keep trying to make these stops so we don't go nuts and kill each other or just get in each other's way. It's a great setup to to move around and see so many different neat things. Yeah, yeah, and and it's also a way to show like just the ways that you might combat that, right? Um, you know, things like you know, you have the meals, you can have set meals, you can have things that you can pick up all the time. Um, the way that they have their own little jobs and they they talk to one another, and then they have the fishbowl with all the plants and things, and I think oh, like that's really cool. But uh, and I like the fact that there were parts in this where they're not getting along but it doesn't become like exhaustive i could see that there are some stories that are like oh this is when it gets good right when they start to hate each other and lean into that and it's just like no well i think the one character that you are set up to absolutely hate corbin Mm -hmm. he he's spiced in there right you don't get too much of him uh he's a complete tool And, and that was one of the things that I got really interested in at the end. So, I mean, he gets... I, I don't know that I want to say he gets t- redeemed. You find out that he's in a shitty situation that is not of his own making, that he had no idea about, and it nearly gets him killed. And, I mean, you get that great moment with Sizzix being like, look, I'm going to do this. I hate the guy. I, he's the person that she absolutely likes the least on the ship, but she'll... She will leash herself to him for a year to make sure that he doesn't get killed. And, you know, he starts to turn around a bit, right? And he's a, he's a better person, at least somewhat, on the ship. And then the end with Ohan. So this was really tough for me because Ohan has specifically said, I do not want this. Do not do this to me. And Corbin doesn't give a shit and just does it anyway. And... He does it because he thinks he's he knows what's right and he doesn't care what Ohan thinks. So I don't think Corbin gets redeemed at all. Yeah, I don't know that he does either. It is that is an interesting one. I did write down. I 
Again, I stopped taking notes pretty easily, but his first, one of his first uh, descriptions was so great, right? The end result was Corbin, a pink man bred for tedious lab work and a sunless sky. And just, I just did it because I liked the writing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's this character and he's, he's just a dick. Is that a quote from the beginning of the book? Yeah. Where he's bred for lab work? Yeah. Right? My God, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just like... Like, just so well done, right? Like, and yeah, so you could have that nice callback. Like, oh, well, yes. So good. Uh, but, but yeah, he's, and you know, he's like that, that banal, right? Like, kind of, like, just like that dickish coworker that you're like, of, of course you're, he's that guy. In every office. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so it's like, you don't even, you're not even going to waste the energy to really hate the guy. You're just going to go, ugh. And, you know, we get to see that, you know, him, like, what, being a jerk about uh, Rosemary, like, messing up a part or something. And he's just so awful about it. It's like, just, of course you get along best with algae. Uh, and, you know, and we don't get him in. I had forgotten enough that it was one of those, you know, where you get, like, the one pill and I was like, does he sell them out to the, you know, to a faction? Because like, I know something goes wrong at the end, is it? And I was really, I was happy to be wrong. Uh, and then um, I think he does become like, I don't know about a better person, but at least someone who's paying maybe more attention to others. I think he definitely cares what other people think of him by the end. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. I thought it was a, it was a really interesting thing, right? Because I, I, it's like one of the very few believable changes I think, given the characterization that has gone. When you know, I'm wait, I'm a clone, and especially since I he didn't like his dad, <laughs> so what a mind bender that must have been. <laughs> so I could I could kind of see that. It made me wonder if he. If he cared more about the crew than he was capable of letting on, I think ultimately it was probably still a selfish, right, kind of relationship. But I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, because a lot of the characters have, I think, some, some kind of challenge in expressing that. And I thought that his was maybe, and you could probably look at, you know, his history and, and that. But yeah, that last, the last decision and the way that he talks about it yeah, I guess I, I still don't know how I feel about it, right? Because it was clearly, you know, bad. Because, you know, when it had specifically said, like, I do not want this. And so to completely, like, jump over that choice is, you know, a terrible move. I will say that as a sentimental reader, it's like, oh, but he gets to live. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, you, it's not like it's not like it's all or nothing. Like, we've already seen that... The, the cyanide can live just fine without the virus. And there's the question of, is the virus making Ohan say he doesn't want this? I mean, there's a lot of layers to it. it but it's, it's definitely not like, okay, Corbin did a good thing. Everybody should be happy now. But it is possibly the best ending you could get for that. Yeah. And it wasn't like Ashby did it or Rosemary did it or Dr. Chef did it. Yeah. But it's the guy you already don't like, did it? Uh, true. And, yeah, and that is going to be the the one where we're like, well, of course, 
he would, you know, he would be the one that might be like enough of a bulldozer, right? That would just go through that. I did, I'm not saying that it justified it, but I was, I appreciated the speech, which was pretty much like everyone is totally messed up and they're not losing another person. Uh, again, don't think that that exonerates, you know, or changes that, but I, the sentimental part, you know, was still like, oh, and you know, he, they're friends and they're, <laughs> and he's, he's leaning on him and, oh, it seems like a good thing for, you know, both of them, but. Yeah, that was that was an interesting one. But honestly, I mean, just on the tail of like the whole lovey thing, I still cried. I you know I knew it was coming because once I, I started, like, oh, like the first scene with Jenks and Lovey, I said, oh yes, I remember this ends in tragedy, uh, and it was nice. I mean, in terms of a reread, first of all, bracing for it, but then also really paying attention to their interaction. I think I was engaged with it. And, you know, I'm a sucker for the little romance. So I was like, oh, you know, it's so sweet. So I'm sure that the first time that I went through, I was excited about it. But, you know, this time it's like, yeah, it's like watching the tragedy. You're like, oh, this, this doesn't go, go well. And um, just the, just the way that it was revealed, you know, just in that, in that one line of dialogue and they know, Destroyed. <laughs> Lovey and Jenks' relationship is really interesting because everybody on the ship completely accepts it. It's not, I don't think it's culturally inappropriate. Like, I don't, I don't think, like, most other cultures that we see in this book would di- disapprove of it. But also, you can't put her in a body and have a relationship with another physical creature. Um, that is illegal, like super illegal. Nobody's going to let you do it. And so, yes, absolutely, the romance, it, it tears you up when you find out, yeah, she's, she's really gone. She's not coming back. But then also you get like the, like the last perfect moments of the Kizzy and Jinx friendship where she goes after him to make sure that he's not going to do anything to himself, to make sure that he's going to be okay, those two are great. I love that friendship. Yeah. And that just that scene, you know, where he brings her the the shrimp dust, which, you know, I mean great character thing. I mean, it seems like a fine. But when she's basically like, I'm not your friend, right? Like just that whole like you're my brother. Like and then I love it amps up and it could get treacly and awful. It never does. It feels super genuine and it's wonderful and then you know it's like the classic right which is like okay we should never get mushy basically like this again (laughs) we'll just go you know get high and play games and it's like yeah that seems awesome so those two are great and lovelace that is i i've made a note here that it's the opposite of corbin where she doesn't even know these people she has just been instantiated two hours before and she just accepts, okay, I'm going to do this thing that is illegal, that could get me destroyed, that I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what my life is going to be like. I'm going to do it for these people because I can already see that they're in pain and that if I stay here, it's going to get worse. So great. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was basically any incarnation, it seems like you're going to be pretty awesome. But yes, I thought that that was, and just, yeah, like way more selfless, you know, than, you know, like, 
oh, I'm kind of like, they should probably be here to introduce me. And wait a second, I kind of know that something terrible is happening and this isn't my first time here. So, you know, you get the logic part of it. But yeah, recognizing the, the pain there and... I mean, Pepper seemed pretty cool too. So I thought that, you know, that was really, and I know that like, that's kind of where book two goes, but it, you know, it wasn't enough. I did have that kind of, I didn't read book two for a while. Cause again, it's like my Gen problem where it's like, well, where is, you know, where are my favorite characters? And, <laughs> sure. But at least this had a bit of a hook where I was, you know, like, okay, you know, I am interested in, in these, these others, but I liked it and it didn't feel you know, like you'll have the ones where like the cheesy plot convenience of like, well, I just happen to have, you know, this, at least it was set up before, oh, yeah. you know, where she's like, I, I have this thing. And um, yeah, so just like I was great in terms of like the seeds, it made it seem plausible. And, you know, if anything's going to get you to, you know, maybe do something that's super illegal like that, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. And so it took, yeah, like just that, that terrible tragedy and then just sort of made it like hopeful or interesting or something. So I did not close the book, you know, completely destroyed, but uh, I do remember I was like, oh yeah, I ugly cried in this. And this time there was still like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, and I think it's the trick because this book wouldn't work if you didn't care about the characters. Absolutely. But I, but I did, and I you know, would follow them each time. And uh, I think that, again, like just all of the different points of view that we're in, loved it. I thought that that was, that was great. Um, you know, I initially had forgotten again, you know, so I thought Rosemary was going to be our point of view character throughout the whole thing. And I think we spend, you know, a good amount of time, you know, in her head. But I, I was really happy to, to switch. And that was established pretty pretty quickly right like one of the first switches was maybe to ashby and that was that was cool and i really like ashby um the exodens and i mean boy the idea that a large group of humans would be like would recognize how much they had screwed up everything through violence and war and say we're never going to do that again to the extent that Ashby gets attacked on his own ship and still is not interested in having guns and turning the ship. There, there's a great line. I got this in here somewhere. It might take me a second. Oh, that's because it's worth it. I remember some of those. I'm not filling my home with weapons just because we're feeling shaken up. It's so great. He is... I mean, he, he's absolutely, it's weird to say like he's in control of the ship. I mean, he's obviously in command of the ship, but he cares about all of these people. He wants to help them if he can. He wants to help strangers if he can. He's kind of, he's kind of like the opposite of Han Solo or Mal Reynolds, you know, the, the big cocky captain who does whatever he wants and only cares about getting paid. I mean, the inverse of that is Ashby. Yeah, and... Team Ashby, right? <laughs> like, just, yeah, he was so great. And I thought, like, the way that his, like, pacifism, you know, it wasn't like a struggle, right? But he would sort of, like, think about it. But I, it just seemed like it was it was intelligent and believable. That's the kind, I think, that I would bond with. Because sometimes you'll, you'll read stories and, like, the pacifist character is either, like, some kind of moral pinnacle or... Or, or the fool who's, who's pacifistic to a fault. Uh, yeah, and... 
I liked that, you know, where he was, and I don't, unfortunately, I did not take notes, you know, to like the specifics, but he was kind of working it out. And it sometimes it comes down to, it's like, look, I understand that, that other people have this. I understand that there's conflicts. I just feel, and that's the thing, right? It's like the, like, I feel like that would be a bad thing. And because I want this thing, or I felt, you know, this emotion, that is why I wouldn't, wouldn't want a weapon. And I just thought that was cool. And I think in lesser hands, it would have been, well, no, now they've messed with us, so we're going to load up on arms. And nope, that's that's not what it's going to be at all. So I loved that. I did love, you know, he does care about everyone, even like pain in the ass, you know, Corbin. And the fact that, you know, he can be like, he has to be the captain sometimes, but he can be like a a friend or a dad or a, you know, like he just has like lots of their or uncle or, you know, whatever, like all of these different, different roles. And I loved that the people on the ship like knew that and respected it. And it wasn't just Ashby, right? I think there's one of the, my favorite little like bits is, uh, I think it's when they're first kind of going shopping and Kizzy wants the soap. Right? She's like, okay, I can like credit this. And there's Rosemary and it's like, well, no, you know. And just, of course, this is the first, one of the first times she's had to say no. And I think it was, it was Sizzik, right? Mm -hmm. You know, just so great where she's like, what, you know, if I tell you to do this, right, what do you, well, I strap myself in. You know, well, what if you tell us that we shouldn't use this possible? Well, of course you do that. And then just like being cool enough to stand up and go like, she's got this really crappy job. So if she tells you, you know, you can't do this. And the fact that, you know, she, Kizzy got to be Kizzy, right? But at the same time, like really acknowledging, get it, right? We all have our parts to play to make this, yeah, make this crew work. And I thought that that was super cool. And it just seems like they might be individually awesome, but I think it takes Ashby and that kind of leadership, you know, to, to make that actually function. So, yeah, so great. I mean, you know, sometimes, yes, there's, there's the, the cockiness can be fun. Sure. But honestly... You know, a lot of times that's something I might want in like a movie or a TV show. I don't know that I want to be in that person's head. And I like, so this I will settle in and, and really enjoy and say that that's cool. So now it makes me wonder like how well that would translate on screen. I think you just really need the right director and actor. And the fact that we didn't have... I mean, Corbin, again, a jerk, but he's, I don't want to firefly this up too much, you know, <laughs> you know, hiss on Joss Whedon, but, but what was it? There was the, the, the jerk character. Was it Kay or Jane? Oh, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like, you don't have to have the foil who's like the complete, yeah, just. Ashby didn't need anybody redeeming him. There we because go. Because he was great. That's it. That's what I was fumbling to say. I, I, we were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it just. Every little bit. So I'll probably read it again happily, you know, sometime. But I do need to finish the whole series. Because it is, it's... It's done now. Yeah, it's yeah. concluded. It won Hugo for best... Best series. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sure. It's even online. So, okay. <laughs> yes, I should realize that. But I didn't do, like, any real research or anything, but I looked it up. I didn't realize that this started as a... It was self-published. Yeah. She... There's a... I think a note in here where she talks about it being a Kickstarter mm -hmm. and it just raised enough money so she could just write this for a year and then self-pub and then it got picked up. and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about it. I mean, so I like that it, you know, it sounds like that was the intent from the start. You know, not like one of those stories where it's, well, I shopped it around and nobody picked it up. And... Right. Oh, and we even talked about pay. Um, yeah. And Ashby, and I thought that... 
They were really great. That was another thing. I, I had seen a note in here, just Ashby being a pacifist, and his struggle with pay, knowing that she has had to kill someone, but that means that she is alive. Yeah. So many different kinds of relationships, uh, and each one, you know, having their own, you know, challenges, but, you know, ultimately, you know, pretty great. And just, you know, things like the romance of a letter. I understand that there has to be, like, that there's layers of security and that weirdly it seems like the paper probably would be a better way to deliver these messages. But I, and then you get to work in that, well, Jenks knows how to open a letter. Yeah. And, and then you're like, oh, well, why? Well, because of his backstory. And then later on, right, you know, Ashby gets another letter and it just hasn't any opened it like Jenks had shown him. And it's like, oh. And then just the fact that, you know, if you do think about it, it's like, well, sure, they are very thin pressed tree parts or <laughs> <laughs> however it was that she described that. I liked the relationship. That was really great. I liked the tension that it was brought in. I liked the, yeah, they had like these, I don't know about opposing worldviews, but like just different things that they had to do. And yeah. And another cool, you know, kind of species. And I, I did enjoy just the, you know, they're universally like just beautiful to everyone except for the... The, the Tarimi, yeah. Yeah. Like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think Pei is fantastic. I love their relationship. Like, Ashby is perfectly willing to hide it, follow whatever rules it takes so that her life does not become difficult or she doesn't get, you know, ostracized from Eluan society or whatever is going to go on. And then you get to the end of the book and she's like, I don't care. I'm just going to be with you because I almost lost you. And I, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. And like a relationship between equals... Just, yeah, so nice, so refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing that makes it creepy or anything, so. And then she helps Kizzy as well when, you know, Kizzy's doing the, the mine removal from her ship and talking about how, you know, she's been scared all, the whole time ever since the, uh, the pirate attack. Great stuff. And then that comes back again at the end. I can't remember who's Ki- who Kizzy is talking to at the Rosemary. end. Rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah, when she's sort of losing it. I mean, as you might, right? Yep. In that. So great. And in a fun way, I mean, Kizzy, I think, is the, is the character that maybe runs the risk because she's, you know, like so full of energy and so quirky. And I could, you know, easily see that tipping the wrong way. But no, like, the, you know, she always has depths and layers and you know it's so I like that actually nobody really ended up to be completely one note I mean I suppose because you know we didn't see as much of him like Corbin probably is and I guess on a little bit just because of who they are but yeah so so of course I you know ended up loving her um I mean she's charming from the start but you could easily see where you'd be like oh that's the comic relief character no, or maybe she is, but guess what? They also can be afraid and be supportive and cool. And she had, well, I mean, oh, that whole thing with her in the mines. Mm-hmm. Just, again, you know, it's like, oh, they're doing this, like, slow, slow travel. And then suddenly there's this big crisis and adrenaline shot coming out of nowhere. <laughs> <sighs> and Dr. Chef and his whole story with the the species that knows it's going to die and chooses not to take any action to try and hold that off 
it, it's kind of a kind of a riff on Ashby and the Exodus, where they realize they have lost everything because of war, and there's just no bringing. And they did it to themselves, and maybe they don't deserve to come back from it. Yeah, I can't remember the specific quote, but it was something like a poisoned world of dead daughters, or it was much better than I mean it was a really well done thing and yeah that whole scene I mean you kind of know like just from the beginning like don't ask him about his species okay and well you know and again like you know by that time like trust in the in the writer like we're gonna find out at some point and then oh and you're right like but it does like stack up against like just how different different species work and you know the the dreamy I'm gonna forget that I thought that that was, it it felt believable and like, yeah, that's why they would be really awful. I don't feel bad about disliking them, but I'm glad that we didn't get stuck in that point of view for a very long time. So, yeah, but I I liked how all of them played off. And for the most part, you know, it's, it doesn't have like a clear argument. I think like this plays better than this other way, uh, which again, I kind of appreciated that there wasn't necessarily an ax to grind. But I imagine if I dug deeper, it's like, well, it's probably because what it's saying is something you really like. So why are you going to question it? Well, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think it really comes down to Ashby at the council at the end where he's like, you know, your first duty as a government is to take care of your people and to make sure you're not bringing danger in. And then you've got, I think it's the Harmagian that's like, but we could make so much money off of this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. And then of course oh. when they do that, and yeah, so I'm going to be predisposed to say like, no, that is not the right way at all. So <laughs> you, yeah, I'm just, as many people do, right? Oh, that's comfortably in my worldview. I'm not going to question it. Like, oh no, there's no clear argument for it. It's just the right thing, which... Ew, gross, but still, I'm gonna. If my ew, gross is, you know, you should not destroy everything for money, I, I don't feel too bad. You're on, yeah, you're on steady ground there. Yeah. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. <laughs> Yay for this book. Yes. Uh, now, have you read her other stuff? Uh, there's the novella To Be Taught If Fortunate. There's the the new Monk and Robot series. I have the first one on my shelf and have not read it yet, but it looks wonderful. So, it, it, I mean, it was my favorite thing that I read last year. I read it three times. So okay, well then, yeah, yes, it, <laughs> it 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 is you know it's a quick read, but it very much spoke to me and I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the second one. So yeah, I am I'm on the Becky Chambers boat. Yes, not a bad place to be, no. Annie any means. Yay! I love it. 